folks and welcome to another episode of Nature Therapy Online. So you can hear that I'm having one of my outdoor episodes today. It's actually a really bright sunny day in uh, Midlothian where I live and I'm walking around the fields. You can probably hear Yoro's little trotters. That's my dog. If you've not tuned in before, if you have, you know who Yoro is by now. <clears throat> and it's gorgeous today. It's got that low sun in the sky that you so often get in late autumn, where it's really bright and yet there's a real chill as well. There's even some signs of frost on the grass. It's such a lovely mixture, like the heat and the frozen water the fresh grass all at the same time. The sky is just this amazing blue. Yes, Yoro. The grass is very green and Yoro's digging it all up. Can you hear that? What are you doing, Yoro? Yes, you should be ashamed of yourself while I'm recording a podcast, hmm? Not really, come on, come on. He looked genuinely ashamed then when I said that, poor thing. Now he's off again. But yeah, the sky is that kind of pale blue, not a single cloud up there. I would tell a lie, there's a kind of submarine looking one over there or more of a spaceship. But today, you probably notice I'm in a bit more of a a chatty sort of place than uh, some of the more calmer episodes that I I record. And, And that's because while I'm talking to you, I wanted to um, talk about talking about nature, chatting about nature. I want to talk about talking and reflect on that a little bit. You hear those birds? Very sweet. I'm not very good at identifying birds by this sound, but. a lovely sound. So where was I? Talking about, talking about nature. That's where I was. You're probably thinking, what is he going on about today? And I suppose I wanted to reflect a little bit on some groups that I've been doing and to almost think aloud about what is ecotherapy and what counts as ecotherapy and if conversation about nature is a form of ecotherapy in and of itself. You know, I think often in my mind, some of the most powerful experiences are in nature are silent times in nature. When we really pay attention to our senses and take in the sights and the sounds and almost to lose ourselves in it and come away from our minds a little bit. 
but I suppose I've also realized recently that you know sometimes it's not always that easy to empty our heads if you like and to tune in directly and I wonder how that could possibly be alienating for some people you know I mean this time five years ago I didn't even meditate and you know I didn't have a strong connection with nature at all you know this is something that I loved as a child and then as an adult it came exploding back into my life like four years ago and I guess before then I might have found it really really hard because my mind just never stopped turning or that's how it felt at least it never stopped fixating on things and moving around and judging and analyzing and doing all of this stuff so I've been running this year quite a few different kinds of ecotherapy groups as some of you know I do work online but I also work locally here in Scotland as well with people and I noticed one time, um, and I really, it really stuck with me actually, because um, some of the online groups I was doing earlier in the summer, I would invite people to go out and go away from the screens and do the exercises, and we would meet again um, a week or two later, and we would share about our experiences. And there was one woman in the group who was involved in theatre and part of that meant that she was on Zoom all the time. I mean, the theatre world has been really, really badly hit by Covid this year. And after we'd spent a few hours, it was a really lovely session. People had brought in flowers that they'd found and pictures of trees that they'd connected with. And after the couple of hours on Zoom was up. Yeah, this woman reflected that, you know, despite the fact that she spent all day on Zoom already and she was exhausted and she was really not looking forward to coming back on Zoom again, even for our session, that she still went away feeling refreshed. She said it felt like she wasn't on Zoom. She felt like just hearing other people's experiences of nature and talking about it and and sharing about it with each other. It felt like a different kind of online experience for her. She felt connected to nature after it. And it also got me thinking about a group I was doing, um, a socially distanced group, I'll have you know, thank you very much, um, in Edinburgh recently. And it was the first day this group had got together and there was a lot of, we were doing a lot of chatting, you know, I think it's often the case, isn't it? You get used to new people and you meet new people for the first time and we feel like we have to talk to fill the space. So, you know, part of me a few times was thinking, okay, so we're out walking, but, you know, being out walking is not, you know, in and of itself, ecotherapy, where, you know, the, the paying attention to nature part is the important bit, at least f for me, you know. So what I started doing is just 
bringing the conversation back to nature, making comparisons between the things that people were talking about in their lives with things that were happening around us. So one person was speaking about their elderly parents a lot and their worry and concern about their elderly parents. And they also kept on noticing on invitation, the only things they seemed to notice out in nature were old things, like the really old tree and wondering how old it was. And just making that connection seemed quite interesting for that person, you know. How does what's happening in our lives be reflected here? But, I mean, that probably makes the session sound a bit deeper than it was because really a lot of the time people were just walking around and looking at things and talking and there wasn't really so much silent reflection time. It didn't feel quite right at that moment. It felt like people needed to connect with each other and hadn't had an opportunity to. But then afterwards, there's me thinking everyone's been talking this whole session, even though the conversation was very often about nature. You know, I would give some invitations to look or contemplate things we would see, and then the conversation would go off onto trees that people like or birds they like but it was very much in that conversation realm people weren't paying deep attention to what was around them but they were paying deep attention to this conversation about the nature that they liked and at the end of the session I'd started you know secretly to feel a little bit like oh I'm not sure if I did my job there really and if that really did what it was supposed to one of the people in the group who'd never done this kind of thing before said, oh, I feel so calm and so relaxed. Thank you very much. And she went off and I thought, well, obviously that conversation has done something for her. And that connection to nature in conversation, in our minds, in our imaginations, we might not think of it as this kind of deep therapy, but in a way, I mean, how often are we talking about our worries, our concerns? You know, lost in this sense that us and our problems are the center of the universe. And it's just not true. And perhaps facilitating conversation about nature just a simple conversation and bringing ourselves back to it when we go off on a tangent elsewhere perhaps that can have some therapeutic effects just by acknowledging the other life forms outside of us even if at times we find it hard to connect directly to get into that kind of quiet state that so often brings a, a, you know, a profound, I think, connection with nature. But maybe our connections to nature don't always have to be big and profound. And maybe that very idea that it has to be this huge, big, profound experience can be something that puts us off engaging or make us think that, you know, maybe we can't do it or our minds are too busy to do it, or maybe we need to be the spiritual type or have some kind of 
practice, you know, and we don't. Perhaps sitting with your friend on a rainy day with a cup of coffee and just talking about places you used to visit in nature and bringing the conversation back to that topic. Perhaps that's a form of therapy in itself. I don't think it can replace being in nature and being there. I think that that is the most, you know, like I said, the most profound part. But it doesn't have to start and end there, does it? You know, my invitation to you for this week is to try that really simple thing. When you're with people, whether it's, you know, friends, family, your partner, you know, the, the old lady who lives down the street, you know. That's if, you know, you're not in a, some kind of lockdown at the moment. Whoever you're meeting on Zoom or Google Meet or Skype for a chat, whatever's happening there. Maybe just bring in invitations to chat about nature. By the way, have you ever been to that park before? Oh, did you see the moon the other night? Do you have any squirrels round by you, by the way? And people might think, you know, why are you bringing that in? And you can say, oh no, it's just, I noticed some squirrels recently and, you know, I wondered if you had any. And see what happens, because very often, very often it's really easy to talk about nature, actually. It's something that we all have in common. And we can often feel good afterwards. So it's a really simple thing, but I think it nurtures our deeper respect for nature. I want you to try that. See how you get on. I'm also curious about your thoughts, about, you know, simple nature chat. Do you think that... Do you think that it has therapeutic effects? or not I'm just sharing thoughts I don't know curious so I guess before I come to the end of this week's little podcast I just want to describe to you the gorgeous scene where I am the Pentland Hills in Midlothian They're not the highest mountains in the world, but they're just these beautiful, soft-looking, gorgeous mountains, or hills, I suppose, more, on the border of Edinburgh. And I'm looking out now with this blue sky over what was a field of wheat. It's all been harvested now. And these lumen hills look really dark today. And behind me, you might be able to hear the crows. They may be a bit distant. Can you hear? That's Yoro chewing grass. He's like a he's like a small cow. Not they're not so loud at the moment, but this is like a little crow wood. Just wanted to share with you what I can see. I mean, we're right up in the hills here, and I can see over to the city of Edinburgh. I can see Arthur's Seat, as it's called, which is the highest hill in the city of Edinburgh. 
can see the Faith of Forth, the North Sea. What was called the Kingdom of Fife, further over there. Scotland is just a gorgeous, beautiful place and I feel so lucky to live here. So there we go, folks. That's where I am. Wanted to share that to help you maybe picture where is he today. It's nice to know when you hear someone's footsteps what it might look like where they are. And before I go, I just want to say a little thank you to Charlie in Ireland and Anthony from Morecambe in England and Sue also. I'm not sure where Sue lives. USA, I think, but I'm not sure, who've been making some nice comments and posts and sending me nice messages. I really, really appreciate it when people get in touch and let me know that they're enjoying this podcast. Honestly, folks, it really means a lot to me. And uh, it's really nice to know when you're doing something DIY style that it's reaching people and helping people. It really encourages me to do it. And before I go, you know what happens now, don't you? You know I like to make a little plug. And that's what I'm doing today. I'm going to plug something, plug something new. So, some of you might be familiar with the website Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com. And I've opened a Patreon account. And how it works is, basically, folks, I would like to do this podcast long term and into the future but i'm also becoming really busy with all kinds of ecotherapy stuff at the moment and i would like this to be one of my sources of income so i can work as an ecotherapist so what i'm asking for is little donations monthly donations from any of you who really appreciate doing the show that i can help i can help make it part of uh, my regular work essentially and if you do sign up, there's different sign-ups on the site. You can get different rewards. One of the main rewards is just knowing that you're keeping the podcast going, I'll be honest. But I also do nature-based tarot readings. They'll be sent to you in the post, to your home. For some of the higher donations, I'm starting a community chat event every month, building a little nature chat community which is timely. That's what gave me the idea for this show and all kinds of other stuff. So please go to patreon.com forward slash nature therapy online. But if you can't afford to donate anything, I know how rough things are at the moment. Please don't worry. I'm just so glad that you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed the show, that was a bit presumptuous, wasn't it? You know, and if you do, Please get in touch and let me know. I really appreciate it. So um, I hope you're doing well wherever you are, wherever's going on. Enjoy nature. And if you're struggling to enjoy nature, then try to have a little chat about nature. Thank you very much, folks. You take care. Bye-bye. Visit me online at naturetherapyonline.net